It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into tonight's postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. The Golden Knights fall 4-3 to the Edmonton Oilers. Vegas now 2-2 two two on this seven-game homestand next in action on Monday at 3 o'clock against the Dallas Stars. And to help us break this one down, we go back to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan, you look at this game and there's a lot of different storylines. You come into this one without Mark Stone in your lineup, you're going to need somebody to step up. And, you know, when you look at the stat line for Chandler Stevenson and Jack Eichel, zero shots on goal, uh, you needed those two guys to kind of be a difference in this one, and it just wasn't the case for Vegas. No, and uh, not only that, those guys were on the ice for each of the early Edmonton goals. Uh, Matthias Janmark scored 45 seconds in. Leon Dreisaitl scored at 142. And, um, you know, it's a little head-scratching. Uh, it, it's head-scratching in a couple of ways because, all right, they're on the ice for those goals against, but they've got 58 minutes to try to figure things out. And while they did not give up the quick strikes again as they had there, it's, um, it's a little bit curious, it, you know, it's been a while since Chandler Stevenson was asked to play the wing. Yeah. And he has been uh, the center with Mark Stone plus somebody else for a long while now. And some guys are better suited playing the center position than the wing, which is not to say if gas to do it for a long period of time, Chandler couldn't figure it out. But it's also clear that he's better at center. Yeah. He just is. Yep. And so, I, in my opinion, I think forcing those two guys onto the same line is not the most efficient use of the Knights' personnel. Uh, you know, without um, Mark Stone, you want to put your talent together. You look at what the Oilers do. I mean, McDavid basically plays on both the first and second line because he double shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, Jack Eichel, you know, is playing in a spot with guys he's not accustomed to uh, of late. And I'm not sure what the solution is, uh, especially without Mark Stone. But, you know, what they, they had there for a while just wasn't working. And, and you know, there were a couple of plays that Chandler Stevenson made that, uh, you know, look, you know, he was trying to set guys up. There were two times he tried tap backs to Mike Amadio, and neither one of them worked. Uh, one led to a goal the other way. So, uh, again, it, it, it's, a, it's a little bit disconcerting that you would give up two goals in the opening couple of minutes against a team that you know is that good offensively. Because when we think about forward combinations, we often think about, you know, which guys have chemistry to create offense. But I'll tell you something, Ryan. Chemistry works at the other end of the ice, too. It's just as important that guys know what they're doing in the defensive zone. And clearly, those guys, it just, for whatever reason, the breakouts and the regroups does not work in sync the way that you would like to. You know, there are defensive-minded players on the Knights' different forward lines you know mark stone is that guy on the top line william carlson is that guy on the second line you know the third line has been all over the place but you know it's been different people there and clearly nick was uh, the defensive minded guy on the fourth line but you need that guy and riley smith can be that player too as well so it, it just seems to me that the knights were trying to find something without mark stone today it didn't work in the first the misfits look good together but then without will carrier in the for a good stretch in the third you know they just kept you know, rotating guys through and nothing really seemed to, to really lock into sync. You know, and you were talking uh, to, to Gary about duos, right? And trying to, trying to find that guy to play alongside Jack Eichel. And, 
you know, the one combination that we've seen at times, uh, a player that's gone alongside Jack at times has been Paul Cotter. Uh, I'm curious to see maybe why we didn't see that tonight because Paul really did seem to have his legs, especially in the offensive zone. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's a good thought. And, you know, I, I will also say, and it, I thought this at the time when we saw Smith, Carlson, and Marcia so together, mm-hmm. I thought one thing they might try to do is just flip-flop Kessel and Marcia so and put Kessel there with Eichel and Stevenson. Yeah. Um, you know, be, let's put it this way. Jack Eichel has been an elite player in his young career. Phil yeah. Kessel has been an elite player in his young career. There are no, you know, with apologies to Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson and Will Carlson and other guys who put up a lot of points, Knights have not, do not have any superstar-type players like those guys up front than Eichel and Kessel. And I would like to see more of it just because they think at a certain high level offensively. Then the question is, can you find a defensive-minded player that can go with them? And maybe that's Riley Smith. Uh, that's what I would have tried. But if you like the misfits together, then you're going to have to put somebody else there. And that brings me back to your suggestion, Ryan, which is Paul <laughs> Cotter. Now, Paul Cotter has uh, not played 100 NHL games so maybe he's, you know, is, is he the defensive-minded guy? Is that line then vulnerable if you try Cotter, Eichel, and Kessel? Yeah. Well, Jack can be, you know, can uh, be more defensively responsible if you figure Phil is going to take some chances. So it's something that I would have tried, you know, to, back to your point. But then you're kind of then leaving Stevenson with, um, you know, guys who aren't exactly high offensive players. In, in that case, you might be looking uh, with Amadio. Um, so, again, there are a variety of things that you could try. We could talk all night about the things that you could try. But, uh, you know, Paul Cotter finds, uh, you know, he has his stretches where, you know, he doesn't, um, let's say he has his stretches where he has a big impact, but there are other stretches where he looks like a guy in his first year. So when you look at, you know, tonight's game kind of on the whole, I thought that there were pockets, obviously, for the Golden Knights to to maybe wrestle that momentum back. And then midway through that second period, after Paul Cotter scores, uh, giving up that goal to Klimkost and right after, that was just kind of such a momentum sapper for the Golden Knights. Uh, It leads into the question, what did you think of Logan Thompson's game tonight? Well, I think that the two quick goals against uh, are a little bit of a concern there, Ryan. Um, You know, I think he rebounded and had two really important stops on Connor McDavid. And it sounds like uh, Bruce Cassidy is just beginning his press conference. Ryan, if you'd like to go to that. All right, let's go downstairs to Bruce Cassidy. Um, I'm not going to go through every rush, but early on they got through the middle of the ice, right? And two veteran defensemen just missed their – Simon, or, or we're late picking it up, whatever you want to call it. So they get a, an early lead, and something we're trying to establish is territory early on in the first period, especially a team coming in here the night before. So that one's on us. Good play by them, but the structure uh, mistake by us. A um, couple other ones were odd man rushes. I mean, McDavid got in alone once. I think that was just hockey. He just found some open ice, and that's going to happen. Uh, a couple one-on-ones are going to happen in hockey. They're going to, they got good players that are going to beat us periodically. But a couple of goals, you know, we're a little late on a pinch, a little late covering. And, again, that's a structure one after we just scored. That's disappointing. Um, <clears throat> another one, we're trying to join the rush when maybe it wasn't there against McDavid's line. That's a dangerous proposition, you, you know, to, to want to get involved. And, sure enough, we didn't execute. Now they're gone again. So you, you look at those three goals, odd man rushes, probably preventable plays. Um, so to answer your question, that, good for them for taking advantage of it in their locker room. That's what they're thinking. 
in our locker room. We, we can't make those mistakes. Never mind Edmonton. They they got guys, anybody can't give up odd man rushes all night like that. This is something we talked about in our, in training camp September that we're going to be play smarter hockey, but we didn't do that tonight. <coughs> Go Ken and Jesse. Ken Bolkisim in Not Vegas. Down the stretch of the game, they started backed it off a little bit, started playing real conservatively. How would you feel like you guys dealt with that? And then can you do more? Well, I mean, if they're going to back off and give you the red line, and then you got to take what's there and play behind them. We just got to manufacture from there and, and have some patience, right? It's one goal. So if every line did it, eventually they're going to get worn down and their goalie's going to have to battle to see every puck. And that's usually when you can break a team down. But every line didn't do it. And the lines that did got pucks back and, and were able to generate a little bit. How much? And I'll look at it tomorrow. From, from there, there's scruff going on around the front of the net. You don't know how close those plays are. But I know Carly popped out of a crowd and hit him right in the shoulder with a real good look. So there was a few there, and all you need is one. You know, no, most teams aren't going to give you. A, the other night, we were fortunate. We created some stuff against Florida, but it was a breakaway, some quick strikes. And I think Edmonton's learning their lesson on, on those types of games, right? They've been through it a little bit now, so they weren't going to allow that stuff. And <clears throat> they didn't. So um, we tried to play behind them, generate from there. Some of the lines uh, were able to do it, some weren't. Uh, so to answer your question, I'd say we were okay, um, but clearly not good enough because we didn't, we didn't generate enough to get the tying goal. <laughs> Jesse Granger at The Athletic. Um, in terms of putting the pucks behind them, it's kind of been an emphasis for the last few games. What did you think they did well in terms of where they put, put the pucks um, to be able to win them back? Us or them? You. Well, sometimes you have you don't have a choice. You're getting run out of real estate, and you just got to get it in. So those are the tougher ones to get back. You hope maybe the goalie hesitates if a lot of those end up with the goalie. Um, there's hard rim arounds. If everyone knows they're on the same page, if the D can get the red himself, he's probably going to try to rim it by the goalie and so everyone at least knows where we're starting. It's usually the opposite hash mark, and you can go win a puck there. Um, I think it's part of our game that needs improvement. And it needs more buy-in at times. I think there's certainly lines. I mean, Nick Waugh's line does it to a T when they're on. They did it again tonight. Um, even the play Paul Cotter made, it's not so much a dump, but he's challenging their D one-on-one with some outside speed and taking a shot at So the worst that can happen is you've started your forecheck, right? And, and that's got to be a little more a mindset of some of our more skilled guys at times. Um, that's what's available. And all of a sudden, now you win a puck. and. You've broken their coverage, and you're all alone in front. We don't score in the first chance, so we get the second chance. And to me, that's good hockey. Um, and we had some of that. And from, unfortunately, from the couple other lines, they, they, they wanted to get it all done off the rush tonight. And, you know, they, as a result, they, you know, they had a poor night because of it. Go to Alan and then Dan. <clears throat> uh, Alan Snell with LVSportsBiz.com. I came in late, so I apologize if someone already asked this question, but uh, it seems like you guys have hit kind of a rough patch against division teams and division, and I'm wondering, is there anything to read uh, into that, or is this just coincidence that you're just losing to these division Well, teams? okay, again, it's new to me this year, so some of the division rivalries I, I'm, I'm asking about. <laughs> Having said that, it's new to me. I still know this is an important hockey game, so is L.A. I mean, I don't have to know the history. Uh, we went in there opening night in LA with a purpose. We want it, you know, it's a division game. So we will emphasize it more clearly. But I mean, if I have to emphasize we're playing a division team, that's, you know what I mean? Then, then, then shame on the guys and the leadership group for not 
you know, recognizing that. So that's the way I look at it. We know who we're playing. We might not know every place in the standings of every team. I mean, most players don't. Um, but understanding the value of divisional points and, and coming out ready to play, it's, it's disappointing. So I'll put that on me to make more of an emphasis. But the players have to share the responsibility in that, that when, you know, who you're playing against, what you're up against. I mean, Connor McDavid, Dreisel, these are well-known guys. We know what they do. We talk about it. So, you know, for us not to be able to understand how they can be at their best, you know, is, is disappointing. And the fact that it's a division rival, add that. But I will say this, we push back. We never sort of said, well, we don't have it tonight. We tried. We tried to push through. We, we executed some plays as the went, game went on, but then we'd make a mistake that ended up in our net. That was too big a mistake to tell the goalie, hey, bail us out. You know, there's mistakes you make that there are legitimate good saves you need, and then there's odd man rushes, you know, two-on-ones from center ice, right? Those are, those are on us, and you can't expect your goalie to, to make those saves every night. Danny. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. I, I know you eventually shook up that line, but did you like what Fraze and Cotter gave you on that third line tonight? Did I? Sorry? Fraze and Cotter, did you like what they gave you on that line tonight? Yeah, I mean, Paul played his game. He's trying to be physical. Um, you know, he. listen, these are secondary guys, right? They're not the guy. We, we just need them to help us win. And some nights that's just being, <clears throat> that's being neutral, you know, to be honest with you. And you hope you get a little more. We did from them. Got a goal from Kolasar. So... The way I looked at it, the bottom of our lineup came to play and played the effective in the right way against a team that's susceptible to that style of play. Top of the lineup took them a while. Um, and uh, some never came through that way. So uh, I like what Fraze did. He was, he was competing hard in the circle so he could trust him anywhere on the ice to go in for a draw. Paul gets moved around. I think for Paul it's just important. He worries about his own game, not who he's playing with. And I think he's doing more and more of that every night, uh, just trying to play straight ahead hockey. And... Uh, good for him, you know, and, and he'll get more minutes. And with Fraze, it's only his second game. So, um, like I said, I liked what he did and did a good job to help us win and probably should have scored a goal but gets an assist, so that's good. He feels he's contributing offensively and, and still uh, checking well. <clears throat> Owen? Owen Krupp's Vegas Hockey now. Will carry I left in the third period. Do you have an update on him? I don't. Uh, another another one that he didn't return, so we'll uh, – Reconvene tomorrow. We're, we're, we're going on the ice tomorrow, so I'll have a better idea then how he is. Um, right now, I wish, well, I don't wish. I, I have nothing for you. I, I don't. 11.30 tomorrow at City National. Thanks, Bruce. Thank that was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's loss to the Edmonton Oilers. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance postgame show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the Edmonton Oilers 4-3. to The final score in this one, Vegas falls to 28-14 and 258 points on the year. Next in action on Monday at 3 o'clock matinee game against the Dallas Stars in Pete DeBoer's return here to T-Mobile Arena. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Wouldn't you know it, Will Carrier left the game in the third period, did not return. Update from Bruce Cassidy is that there is no update outside of the fact that Will Carrier was unable to come back into the game and finish this one. So uh, we'll hope to get one tomorrow as the Golden Knights will be 
uh, on the ice for practice at 11:30 at City National Arena. Let's take a look at the highlights in this go in this game. And with the Oilers playing last night, the Golden Knights were hoping for a fast start. They didn't get it as the Oilers came out flying. And former Golden Knight Matthias Janmark opened the scoring just 45 seconds into the game. Now busting through. Here's a shot and a score. Welcome back to Vegas, Matthias Janmark. First game back in this building since signing with the Oilers in the offseason. Yanmark scores his fourth goal in his 31st game, and he puts Edmonton on top just 46 seconds into the contest. Matthias Yanmark, his fourth of the year from Tyson Berry and Brett Kulak, 45 seconds into the first period, made it one to nothing. Edmonton. Just under a minute later, the Oilers added to their lead as Leon Dreisaitl pounded home a rebound. Stick down in the neutral zone. Oilers back in Dreisaitl into the middle, and it's McDavid shooting save, rebound, score! Leon Dreisaitl makes it 2-0 Oilers in the opening two minutes of the contest. Leon Dreisaitl's 25th of the year from Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. One minute, 42 seconds of the first period made it 2 to nothing. Edmonton. The Golden Knights would need something before the intermission to get them back in the game. The fourth line delivered in a big way as Keegan Colasar started his shift with a massive hit on Leon Dreisaitl, then ended it by getting Vegas on the board. Colasar trying to find an opening. Carrier looks out to the right point now. Korzak shoots, save, rebound, moves, and it's still free in the crease. And another stop. A shot from the point is stopped. Rattles just wide, and a third try. Carrier stop, rebound, score! Korzak makes it in off the goaltender. Fifth goal of the year for Keegan Kolasar, the assist to Will Carrier and Braden McNabb. 18:46 of the first period. Made it 2-1 to one Edmonton. We'd head to the second period. The Golden Knights trailing 2-1. to one, And they had a much better start to the second period than they did the first. But the results were the same as the Oilers added to their lead on Leon Dreisaitl's second goal of the game. It's a two-on-one the other way. Dreisaitl with Nurse. Dreisaitl shoots and scores. Low on the long side. Leon Dreisaitl scores his second of the night. 3-1 Edmonton. 26th goal of the year for Leon Dreisaitl. The assist to Zach Hyman, 7:22 of the second period, made it 3-1 Edmonton. Vegas started to build their game after that goal against and finally cut the Oilers' lead back down to one as Paul Cotter scored his sixth goal of the year. Castle follows up with Byron Fraze. Out in front of shot, off the post, rebound, score! Paul Cotter follows the puck off the iron, puts it into the goal, and the Knights within a goal. 621 to go second period. Vegas trails three to two. Sixth goal of the year for Paul Cotter, the assist to Byron Fraze and Phil Kessel. 1339 of the second period made it three to two Edmonton. All of that work for the Golden Knights to get themselves back in it, but just 18 seconds after the Paul Cotter goal, the Oilers restored their two-goal lead as Clem Costin beat Logan Thompson in transition. Oilers come in on the right of shot, score from the right wing. Clem Costin puts Edmonton back on top by two. Six minutes to go in the second. Clem Costin, his ninth of the year for Matthias Yanmark, 13:57 of the second period, made it four to two. Edmonton. The Golden Knights would get that one back with less than a minute left in the period as William Carlson beat Jack Campbell to get Vegas back to within one. 
Far side, Marcia Soda, Carlson, he scores! William Carlson! 40 seconds to go in the second. Once again, the Misfits come through. Carlson gets the Knights within one. Four to three Oilers in the final minute of the second period. Ninth goal of the year for William Carlson. The assist to Jonathan Marcheseau and Alec Martinez. 19-18 of the second period made it 4-3 to three Edmonton. We would head to the third period. The Golden Knights trailing by a goal. And if they had any hope to get back in this game and tie it up, they needed this big-time save, our AAA insurance save of the game from Logan Thompson. Now it's a giveaway. Pearly Irving shooting save by Thompson. Knights had the puck in their own zone. The normally sure-handed Alec Martinez somehow could not get the puck to center. Edmonton ends up with one of its best chances of the day, and certainly the best this period. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA outsmart life so the golden knights still trailing by a goal would pull logan thompson late for the extra attacker six on five for vegas they would push and they would push and they would push but they would run out of time and all that was left in this game was the final call off the glass petrangelo holds the line 10 seconds eichel keeps it in as well carlson fighting for the puck five seconds Oilers pull it loose nurse banks it down the ice and this will be all she wrote the clock runs out. Oilers four, Knights three. And there you have it, four to three. The final score, the Edmonton Oilers defeat the Vegas Golden Knights here inside T-Mobile Arena. Vegas falls to 28-14 and 258 points on the year and are next in action on Monday at 3 o'clock against the Dallas Stars. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Heads up, Golden Knights fans who drive to games. The upcoming I-15 Tropicana construction project could impact your route to T-Mobile Arena. Beginning January 19th, road, ramp, and lane closures will cause delays, so plan ahead and allow extra time. Visit i15trop.com for details from the Nevada Department of Transportation. It's the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall 4-3 to the Edmonton Oilers. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. This one was a little bit more, a little bit messier than I think uh, it, it kind of looks on, on first blush, right? For the Edmonton Oilers, they played last night. It was a fantastic game for Edmonton. In San Jose, they roll that in. Jack Campbell on the on playing both legs of the back-to-back. Connor McDavid not taxed really at all in that game against the San Jose Sharks. And the Oilers come out firing like they were shot out of a rocket. Two goals within the first two minutes of the game. Uh, all kind of on you know defensive zone mistakes from the Vegas Golden Knights. It was a structure issue on the first one as you allow a player to get behind you on the first goal, Matthias Janmark, and then uh, it's just a failed clearing attempt that turns into a transition opportunity for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They're not going to miss very many of those. Now, I do think the Golden Knights did a pretty good job battling themselves back in the uh, in the first period, end of the first period, a monster shift from Keegan Colasar. But then again, the Golden Knights unable to kind of wrestle that momentum or carry that momentum over to start 
start the second period. It was better structurally, structurally, but they couldn't find that next goal in the game. Edmonton adds to their lead. Vegas gets one back and then immediately surrenders a goal. Transition opportunities, two-on-ones, three-on-twos, and you just weren't able to find a way to, to kind of continue the momentum to go in the favor for the Vegas Golden Knights. You also lose Will Carrier in the third period, did not return to the game. So something to keep an eye on as the Golden Knights right now without Mark Stone, potentially without Will Carrier, are going to be searching for answers as to who should be playing with who and how the lines are best going to suit the Vegas Golden Knights moving forward. The Golden Knights are next in action on Monday at 3 o'clock against the Dallas Stars here at Inside T-Mobile Arena. That's going to do it for us here on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. Presented by Dollar Loan Center, this is... It's the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended post-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall to the Edmonton Oilers, 4-3 the final score. Vegas falls to 28-14-2, 58 points in the Pacific Division. Golden Knights are next in action on Monday at 3 o'clock against the Dallas Stars. It is Pete DeBoer's first game back here inside T-Mobile Arena since being let go in the offseason by the Vegas Golden Knights. So a lot of storylines going into that one, clearly, for Vegas, for Dallas, as, well, the Golden Knights still tops in the Pacific Division, 58 points, the Seattle Kraken and the Los Angeles Kings, two points back of Vegas with 56 points, and the Edmonton Oilers inching ever so much closer to the Vegas Golden Knights now at 51 points and comfortably in a wild card spot. So 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. It's time for your phone calls. And I don't know if you were listening in to to Bruce Cassidy, but you can sense frustration. And it was frustration spread with a, a couple of different directions. One, the way the Golden Knights played at times in this game. And not necessarily every line, but some lines. Read between the lines. Bruce Cassidy was looking for more from Chandler Stevenson, Jack Eichel, to an extent Michael Amadio, wanting to get everything on the rush instead of putting pucks behind, playing a simpler game, and trying to wear down a team on the back half of a back-to-back. There was also frustration clearly with injuries, right? You're a coach. You come to a new situation. You want your full complement of players, and it just hasn't been that way of late for the Vegas Golden Knights. I think that's something wearing on Bruce Cassidy. But more than anything, slow starts, structural issues, allowing odd man rushes, that's not something Bruce Cassidy wants to see his teams continue to do. So I, I would look at that as a major area of emphasis for the Golden Knights tomorrow in practice, heading into Monday's game against the Dallas Stars. 702-876-1340. That's the number. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, I'm on board the frustration train, as well as Coach Cassidy and thousands and thousands of others. It is, if you said four hours ago the final score would be four to three, mm-hmm. you'd say, well, that makes sense. Four to three. It's Edmonton already. And Jack Campbell is not going to win any business this year. His save percentage is under nine. Mm-hmm. So even five to four, you would have said, sure, it makes sense. 
What doesn't make sense is that in the third period, we didn't pressure Campbell like we should have, or at least I think we should have. And and how does Jack Eichel, he's going to have an off game now and then, but how does he not rise to an occasion like this and be a minus three? It just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're right. It was an off game, right? And for Jack, it's it's an interesting question because he's had, I would argue, right, new line mates every four to five games. I think if we're like kind of looking at this objectively, maybe there was a stretch where he had Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone for eight or 10, 10 or 12 games in a row. But really, outside of that pocket, you've had different guys alongside Jack Eichel. I don't think... Jack Eichel, Chandler Stevenson works on the same line. I just don't. The question becomes for Bruce Cassidy, as the injuries, once again, it feels like, are starting to pile up for the Golden Knights, how do you maximize Jack Eichel? Right? Like, how do you get the most out of Jack Eichel? I think you've got to find another guy to go alongside Jack Eichel. I'm not talking necessarily trade. I want to see Paul Cotter get an extended look alongside Jack Eichel, because I think their two games do complement one another. Yeah, I was going to mention trade, but I'm not going to do it this time for a change. Uh, what what is I what is on my mind? Well, Paul Cotter and Keegan Colas are playing, and and Nick Waugh are playing the best hockey of their careers. Of course, Paul's career is very young yet, but that's good to see. But it's not nearly enough, and it won't be moving forward. Uh, but did Coach Cassidy have a rash of injuries in Boston like this? Did he ever have this to face? I, I, I'm not 100% certain, Mike. I'm sure every team right has, has kind of gone through injuries. I, I would make the argument that Patrice Bergeron's been relatively healthy throughout his career. The, the Boston Bruins coming into this year were pretty injured, right? Like they, they were going to be without Brad Marchand for a bit, without Charlie McAvoy for, for a bit, um, and they were able to mitigate that. But as far as Bruce Cassidy and, and his kind of tenure, I, I don't recall – a season where he's had to deal with quite this much. And, and to be honest, I don't know that there are too many teams that have been hit with uh, with the rash of injuries the Golden Knights have over the last two seasons, over the course of two seasons. It, it's been a lot. Yeah, it certainly has. Well, my 11-point prediction for this homestand is shot, but I wish we could flip-flop the Red Wings and the Stars. No chance of doing that, is there? No, it's not going to work that way. But I think Dallas brings them into the fight. Like I, I, I don't, I don't agree in that. I think you need a really motivating game. And my guess is Dallas Stars, the return of Pete DeBoer, that's going to be a motivator for the Golden Knights. It will. No afternoon naps on Monday. That's for sure. No, absolutely not. Anything else you got for me, Mike? No, just uh, you know, Sunday practice is uh, very taxing, and so you got to do it. Though, what else can you do? Yeah, you're, you're right on the money there. Thank you for the call. I, I think that, you know, I, I can't get into the head of Bruce Cassidy, right? I, I don't know what the plan was in terms of practice, but, you know, when you see some of the breakdowns from the Golden Knights structurally in this game and really the first goal of the game where you just kind of loosen your coverage and you allow even TSC Amark to get behind you, um, my guess is because of the mistakes that were in this game, the Golden Knights are going to try to shore things up with details tomorrow in practice. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. So this is kind of a rough game um, from the start. Um, and I know it stinks to lose, but from how it started, it could have went so much worse. 
they they did fight back. They tried. Um, and by gosh, I cannot believe that we had another person leave the bench right. in the middle of the game. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's becoming frustrating. Yeah. And you could tell the frustration. You could sense the frustration in Bruce Cassidy after the game. Yeah, and, you know, I... I I think that the players, uh, I haven't watched their um, post-game, any of their post-game interviews. I think they just got put up. But I'm sure they're going to be equally as frustrated. I, you know, this is not a team. None of the players out there are going to be like, yeah, we, you know, oh, well, we're just going to move on. Like, they're frustrated, and, and this will push them, hopefully, to show up and keep fighting. Like, this was not a game that they rolled over in. It was hard fought to the end, and unfortunately, they were just, Came up a goal short. Yeah, so they they push back. Keep that fire. Yeah, they yeah. push back for sure, and and you got to give credit there. Um, question I have for you: If you're looking at Dallas on Monday, who plays alongside Jack Eichel? I don't. I don't know. I I will say I don't think it should be Marcia So because mm-hmm. um, I think the two of them are too similar. They want to shoot. They want to have that puck and do that. Yeah. Um. I mean. I think, like has been said, Paul Cotter should probably be up there. He's he's earned it. He's worked really hard this season and earned earned the shot to be playing up there with um, Jack Eichel. It, it certainly couldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what, Stephanie? Thank you for the call. Um, I I'm gonna kind of bang that drum. I think Paul Cotter alongside Jack Eichel. I want to see it. I want to see that combination together. And and I'm not exactly sure what the rest of the lineup looks like for the Golden Knights if we accept that the misfits are going to be together, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marcheseau, and William Carlson. And if Will Carrier's not an option, perhaps you pull Nick Waugh alongside Jack Eichel and Paul Cotter and you give that line a look. Something to keep an eye on, something to think about going into Monday against Dallas. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Will. Hey, Will, how you doing? Doing okay. It's getting to where these Saturday night games starting to feel like away games. Well, to a degree, right? But the Golden Knights are are really good on the road. Uh, on the road, the Golden Knights so far this year are fifteen three and two. So if it was feeling like an away game, uh, y- you'd probably get more wins here. Yeah, but it the crowds. I'm an usher. Gotcha. And this crowd was almost worse than the L.A. crowd as far as their feeling of this is our building. We so too, too, we many, too many Oilers fans in the building for you. Too many for me. Did, did, did you feel like it built a little bit of, a, of an atmosphere, though? Like it, it felt electric early on in the first period. As loud as they got when they scored their two goals, mm-hmm. it took a while. So what do you what do you think? Do you think that that had an impact on the game? Uh, for a while, it, you know, by the end of the period, especially when the hardest working line we have yeah. came up with one, it got back to more like what I expected. Yeah. So what are you looking for on Monday when the Golden Knights take on the Dallas Stars? Uh, I'm hoping it's my home crowd. Gotcha. Thanks for the call, Will. Um, I love the atmosphere tonight. I, I really did. Now, you have uh, there's a lot of different schools of thought when it comes to what you want out of your crowd. 
I think when there's a mixture, and it wasn't overly pro-Edmonton. It was just very loud, right? The Oilers fans that were in the building had a lot to cheer for, and they were quite loud about cheering for the things that were there for them to cheer for. Um, I like the, the, the ebb and the flow, the give and the take, the, the hostility that comes with a little bit more of an interspersed crowd. I think it builds a little bit of intensity within the game. I think it builds certainly an energy in the building. And I, I thought the Golden Knights, again, a couple of mistakes early on. You can't give the Oilers freebies. And the Golden Knights gave the Edmonton Oilers two freebies two minutes into the game. They did good to get back into this one, but you can't have those mistakes continue on. And I think for the Golden Knights, you got to reset and regroup and be ready to go at 3 o'clock on Monday against the Dallas Stars. 702-876-1340. That's the number. I want to know who you would play alongside Jack Eichel on Monday afternoon against Dallas. Give me a call. Pick up the phone. If you've never called in before, call me right now with that answer. 702-876-1340. It's the extended postgame show. Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show. Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 702-876-1340, that's the number. If you'd like to join us here on the Extended Post Game Show, a uh, couple of things of note, a couple of things I want to get your opinion on. We've talked about and heard about all season long duos, right? Uh, William Carlson, Riley Smith, or William Carlson, Jonathan Marsh. So maybe it's not fair to look at the Misfits as a duo because they're a trio and they've been so dynamic every single time they've been put back together. But a duo, right? Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Those two guys, the chemistry they have, they just go. They just work. Can't really explain it. It just is. Um, you know, to an extent, right, you can look at uh, Will Carrier and Keegan Colasar. That's a duo that works. You put them together, good things tend to happen. Who should be the duo for Jack Eichel? I think that's going to be the biggest question over the final 38 games of the season for the Golden Knights to answer. You need to find somebody that can play alongside Eichel and give you something similar to what you get when you put Stevenson and Stone together, that you get when you have some combination of two of the three misfits or all three misfits. There's got to be an answer within this Golden Knights team. I, I think you can look at Phil Kessel, and Dan Duva made a really good point on, on the, the AAA insurance postgame show. The offensive thought process of a guy like Jack Eichel and Phil Kessel it's elite. It's different than an everyday NHL player. The way they think the game, the way they process certain pieces of information, the creativity they have, it's different. Can Phil Kessel be that guy alongside Jack Eichel? Every time Bruce Cassidy's gone to it, he's gone away from it pretty quickly. You know. So then I start thinking about it objectively and and. I want to see an extended period of time of Paul Cotter alongside Jack Eichel. Those two players together, and I'm not necessarily sure what I want to see on the other wing. I know that I like the idea of Cotter and Eichel. I know that I like the idea of a more straight-line type of player getting on the forecheck, bang some bodies down low with an ability to finish in and around the net. I like that aspect of Paul Cotter's game, and I think it can work with Jack Eichel. I really, really do. Do you need a little bit more defensive responsibility? Maybe. Maybe. So if that's the case, maybe you put Nick Waugh in that spot. Now, 
This all comes without really any knowledge of what the Golden Knights lineup is going to look like on Monday. We know Mark Stone likely will not play for the Golden Knights. Again, upper body injury, suffered against the Florida Panthers on Thursday, listed as week to week. So I'm not expecting Mark Stone anytime soon until we get another update giving us a little bit more clarity there. So in the meantime, you lose Will Carrier tonight in the third period. Bruce Cassidy mentioned he didn't return, so obviously that's not a good sign if you don't have a player with the ability to come back in this game particularly. So if you if you have to move off of Will Carrier, Nick Waugh, Keegan Colasar as your fourth line because Will Carrier is not available on Monday. Maybe you get Nick Waugh a bump up to play alongside Jack Eichel and Paul Cotter. You had a moment a couple of games ago where Jack Eichel played on a line with Riley Smith and Nick Waugh. There seemed to be some chemistry there, and I guess you can go to that if you're going to break up the Misfits, but right now I feel like you've got to go with the Misfits. You've got to go with chemistry you know works because you need something of a top six that you can rely on right now if you're Bruce Cassidy and the Vegas Golden Knights. So with all that being said, I guess what I'm kind of coming around to in this moment, what I'm talking myself into to a degree, is I want to see a combination of Paul Cotter and Jack Eichel. I think their two games can complement each other pretty well. I do know that at this point I don't want to split up the misfits. I think that becomes for lack of a better phrase, your top line, because you know what they're going to bring to the table. You know the body of work that they've done in the NHL as a trio together. I think it just makes sense. Now the question becomes, who do you put alongside Cotter and Eichel? Do you load it up? Pure offense. Paul Cotter, Jack Eichel, Phil Kessel. That's an option. It's certainly there on the table. I would be a little bit more conservative with it. I would go with... You know, to a degree, I would go with with Nick Waugh. And then your third line ends up being Chandler Stevenson alongside Phil Kessel. It's still some balance there. It's still something that might turn uh, turn in your favor, get some mismatches down the lineup. So I don't know what Bruce Cassidy's going to do. It'll be interesting to see when the Golden Knights take the ice tomorrow at practice. But you have to imagine that if Will Carrier is unable to go, you know Mark Stone's not going to play on Monday. Based on the game tonight, I would expect there to be some tweaks to the lineup for the Vegas Golden Knights going into Monday against the Dallas Stars. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show. Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Go Knights, go! Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrap it up here, Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Golden Knights fall to the Edmonton Oilers, 4-3, the final score. Vegas now 28-14-2, 58 points on the year. Still tops in the Pacific Division, though the Seattle Kraken and Los Angeles Kings right behind the Vegas Golden Knights, two points back. Seattle with two games in hand on the Vegas Golden Knights. So points percentage, the Seattle Kraken, a better mark right now than the Vegas Golden Knights, but Vegas still leading in points in the Pacific Division. For the Golden Knights, uh, I don't want to say flush this one. There's a lot of uh, teachable moments, learning uh, experiences that you can take out of this one, and specifically it's going to come down to to details and structure, right? For the Golden Knights, um, too many odd man rushes against, and, and it wasn't necessarily Connor McDavid. And I think that's probably the thing that's going to bother Bruce Cassidy the most, is that when you've got McDavid and you've got Leon Dreisaitl, you've got those players, sure, 
they're going to find ways to get some odd man rushes. But Matias Yanmark, partial breakaway off the first shift of the game. You, you can't have that. Um, Clint Costin, again, a two-on-one where you're asking Logan Thompson to make a, a big-time save in the second period right after scoring a goal. You can't have that. Structurally, it just can't happen like that for the Golden Knights. So back to the drawing board. You've got to find a way. You've got to find the winning combination without Mark Stone, who will, we expect will miss Monday afternoon's game against the Dallas Stars. But for the Golden Knights, uh, you're right back in action, right? It's th- three games and five nights, and you don't have to sit on this one for a couple of days. You, you yeah, get a good day of practice in tomorrow, and you're right back at it again Monday afternoon. That's going to do it for us here on the extended post-game show. Thanks to Stacey Munford down here, down here making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It's your post-game show. It's not as much fun for me without your thoughts, your opinions, and your input. Until Monday afternoon, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.